0: Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. In the book of 1 Peter, in chapter 1, verse 21, it says, By him who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth from or through the Spirit unto unfreighted love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now, we had been talking yesterday about victory or being victorious. Christ walked this earth fully and completely victorious In his mind, in his spirit, in his body. He lived and walked in this natural earth that we live in, just as we are as a human being, yet without sin. He was a man that he hungered, he thirsted, he tired, he needed rest, he wept, he was grieved in spirit. Uh... All all of these things, uh, so that we, when we experience whatever he already went through, we are not walking that path alone. By having sent the Holy Spirit here on this earth, Jesus is our present teacher. Even though he is seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus continues to teach just when he walked or as he walked uh, the shores of Galilee and as he walked uh, teaching uh, the people wherever he was at. He is still teaching today, but it is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hears what Jesus says, and then he shows it unto us. The Holy Spirit does not come to speak of his own self. He doesn't come to show us something of himself, but he comes to show us that which is of Jesus so that when we are going in life through certain things, it's as if the master was present, but in the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why he said it is expedient that I go away. It is more important that I go away because if I do not go away, I cannot send the comforter. My father cannot send the comforter. He, he is not going to be able to come. And when he has come, he's not going to only be with you, but he's going to be in you. Getting to know the person of the Holy Spirit is one of the most important things because it is like getting to know Jesus. To know him is to be able to understand the very heartbeat of God, to be able to know what it is and what the reason was for him coming and why we are here called with the calling in our lives. when the the apostle peter when he said that we have obeyed God, we have purified. Uh, our souls in obeying. Uh, You have to remember in our soul, when we talk about the soul, even though the soul and the spirit are so knit together that it takes the word of God to be able to separate what is spirit and what is soul, according to the book of Hebrews chapter uh, four in verse 12. So we would consider the soul and the spirit one when most people talk about it, but the word of God is capable of separating them both, and in doing so, we find that our souls uh, possess the the will, the mind, and the emotion. Uh, our spirits, of course, are that life force that God has given. Uh, we used to be dead unto Him. We we were quickened by. The Spirit of God, we we're quickened by the Word of God. We were born again by that incorruptible seed. And in having done so, the Scripture teaches us that we are, we are uh, able to become victorious. Now, if we look at First uh, John in chapter 5, it says, He that is born again uh, overcomes the world. How? It is through our faith. That gift that God gave us when we were born again. For it's not through works or of works lest any man should boast. But it is the gift of God. We are born again by his grace and through faith. None of us can boast about it. So the next thing is in First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And this takes us back to what we had been learning in the book of Galatians. In chapter number 6, verse 6, 7 and onward. uh, uh, Be not deceived that God cannot be mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Um, he that soweth to the flesh of the flesh will reap corruption. He that soweth to the spirit of the spirit will uh, reap life everlasting. In other words, uh, we are born of a seed. We are born of the word of God, which is everlasting or eternal. And it abides forever. But whenever any other seed, and I'm talking about any 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 word from man, uh, that's the end, you know, you have cancer, or that's the end, there's no solution to your problem, or you know what, you're going to have to just learn to live with it, and that's it. In other words, man's seed, his words, uh, cannot be compared to the Word of God. And when we try to compare them, we begin to realize that man's words and the seed that man gives is a corruptible seed. By that meaning, uh, it it doesn't matter how much or how many works we try to do on our own, it can never accomplish anything because our works, the works of the flesh, are always going to be stained and marred. They're going to be stained and marred because they are of the flesh. In the flesh abideth no good thing, except the flesh be surrendered And brought to the altar, the altar of God makes us holy. And by being holy, we're ready for his service. We're ready to present hands and a mouth and lips and tongues and legs and feet that can be instruments of righteousness. They no longer have to be instruments. In other words, the hand doesn't have to be against his fellow man. Uh, our Our mouth and our tongue and our words don't have to be words uh, of hypocrisy or malice or envy or jealousy or hatred uh, we're changed now we can use our hands and we can use our words and, and use our 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 members of our body as instruments to help others. so First Peter chapter two verse one says, "Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, I beseech you. Uh, he goes on to say in Second Corinthians in chapter ten, I beseech you that uh, I may not be bold when I and present with that confidence wherewith, I think, to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Verse 3, for even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This is the area of the soul where the mind is the battlefield. This is where people struggle. The mind has not been renewed because the body has not been fully surrendered. And on a daily basis, taking up our cross and making sure that we stay dead. Dead to that Old nature, dead to everything that is not of God. But even though we're walking in this physical flesh, I have already been crucified with Christ. The life that I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of God. Faith is not a natural thing of the mind. Faith is not a natural thing of the body. Faith is not a natural thing of the soul. Faith is imparted as a gift. When we're born again, and we need to learn to develop and walk in it, we desire the sincere word word of God, the milk of the word. we begin to grow thereby. But our mind must be renewed. So when the enemy comes with all his deceitfulness, all the deception, all his guile, all his negativity against us, we're able to pull the word of God and say it is written. But even then, it's still not going to be enough to just be able to pull the word of God. We must recognize and realize that the weapons that are at our disposal are not human Weapons is not going to be something psychological, sociological, or physiological. It's going to be a weapon that is of God. And all you have to do is look at the book of Ephesians in chapter 6, in verses uh, 10 onward. And we are told to put on the armor of God. Why? Because they're all spiritual weapons to deal with spiritual realms in our lives that will influence and affect the physical realm of our lives also. So even though we walk in the flesh, we walk and live in this physical body, we don't plant and sow to the flesh. We don't war after the flesh. It's not enough to try to convince people psychologically about the things of God. It's going to have to take the enlightening light and breakthrough of the Holy Spirit where they see the light because the God of this world has blinded their minds, according to Second Corinthians verse 4, that they don't believe the gospel. And they need the power of God to break hold, to break through that stronghold that has, a hat, that has had a hold of them in not believing for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And see, that's the importance of renewing the mind because many, many Christians, when we come to Christ. We come with strongholds in our minds. Many of us, even though we are told, come as you are, we cannot leave as we came. We come to him with all our burden, with all our sin, with all our pain, with all our grief, with all our whatever, but we cannot leave that place the same. We must begin to understand the importance of having our mind renewed. And I'm not talking about just reading the Word of God. It's a wonderful thing to read it. You'll be blessed. But I'm talking about spending time in the Word, meditating, studying, and waiting and listening on God to speak. It's not enough to just say, well, I well, I, I studied it. You know, it didn't make any sense. Well, I tried, but well, no, it's not enough to say that. We have to literally bury ourselves in the word and let God speak to us through the Holy Spirit and have him show us the things that are freely given unto us that he has provided through his sacrifice, through the cross for our lives. So it says, casting down imaginations that's going to take the word of god it's going to take the power of god to break many of the many of the imaginations that people have that are negative the self image that is portrayed because of these negative uh, imaginations every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ notice that every thought How in the world am I going to bring every single thought into captivity? There has to be an opposing force of the Word of God. Just think about it. Consider it for a moment. We'll pick up here tomorrow. We'll run out of time, but just consider that. The devil says God doesn't love you. He doesn't care for you. Yet Jesus said, Cast all your cares upon me. Come unto me, all you that are heavy burdened and heavy laden. See, so the devil says, well, you know what? Uh, uh, You're not worth it. Well, God sent his own son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. I am highly valued of God. So for every imagination, every thought that comes against us, we are to bring it into captivity through the word of God, and by the power of, Holy, of the Holy Spirit, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. See, we have to obey. There has to be a follow-through in what we have read, studied, and heard. It's not enough to just hear it, but we must obey it. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you. Join us tomorrow as we continue and pick up along these lines. Amen.